Hi everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Nick Deliane from Liane Real Estate Partners. Welcome, Nick. Thank you for having me, Rama. I appreciate it. Sure. A little bit about Nick. Nick leads all aspects of Liane Real Estate Partners, focusing on capital raising, investor relations, deal sourcing, and asset management. Nick has 19 plus years of commercial real estate experience as a senior asset manager at one of the largest real estate owners in the world, Nuveen Real Estate. At Nuveen, Nick managed various asset classes valued up approximately at 1 billion, including 1,000 units of Class A multifamily. After Nuveen, Nick headed up asset management nationally at Berkeley Partners, a value add industrial fund based out of San Francisco, managing 60 properties. 6 million square feet valued at over 700 million. Additionally, Nick sold 15 properties across the country, including five in Texas. Liane Ori Partners is focused exclusively on multifamily, and they closed six deals as GP in 2021, bringing their GP doors to 570, maybe now more than that. Uh, with that, Nick, you want to add anything to your background? Yeah, thanks, Rama. Um, yeah, I would say that, you know, originally from New York City area, I grew up there, moved to San Francisco six years ago, and then right before COVID, moved my family to Dallas to start up the real estate business and move, and move out on my own. Um, I live in Dallas with my twin boys and my wife, who I affectionately call my board or the investment committee for, for any investments that we do. She always approves it and she always gives me really good feedback and, and fills in some of my blind spots that I have. Um, and then we also live with my mother-in-law in Dallas. Got it. Yep. Thank you. And you work as the asset manager at various companies. So would you share some best practices? What do you like about that role? Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, I, I like the details. I love diving into the details and making sure things operate correctly. So previous role before real estate a long time ago was, was information technology and building computer systems. So it, it, it aligns with that basically. So, you know, for example, I just, I just got back from Lynchburg, Virginia. We have a deal in contract there and it seems like the rents are pretty below market for that particular property. And one of the things that we did our, our class A properties was we did a market study. Um, so we went out, looked at all the competitive properties and looked to see what they're charging for rent compared to our property. Um, and it's just, it's a good data collection exercise with your property manager to see if you're under market. And, you know, we toured this particular competitive property in Lynchburg and it looks like the rents at the property that um, is a competitive property could potentially be 250 to $300 above our property. Um, so it makes the property look so much better. Um, you know, our property and, and the fact that, you know, we could probably push rents a lot and add a lot of value just through pushing rents. So those sorts of processes like as, an, as an asset manager, focus on asset management um, and improving the property really get me excited. Got it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, and also like from a real estate multifamily space, I think you invested as an LP. Uh, would you share what exactly you look uh, before investing in any, in any deal as an LP? Yeah. You know, so I would say the most important thing in any deal or any investment is the, is, are the people and the operator. 
Um, you're really investing in that, you know, in the in the people. So getting to know those people, meeting with those people, if you can, preferably in person, is one of the most important things. If not, maybe a Zoom call. You know, honestly, I see some of these things, you know, Fundrise and some of these other platforms where you can, you know, invest and there's like kind of barrier between LP and the GP. And I just would never invest in those sorts of deals because I want I want to meet the people that are going to operate the deal, understand their track record, their experience, because a, a really good GP can make a, a bad deal perform well and vice versa. So that's the most, you know, that's the most important thing. I always start with that. Then you obviously look at you know the market, the submarket, and the property from a metric perspective. I'm always looking at. I'm focusing on cash on cash because it's harder to manipulate the cash on cash with an IRR. You can you know manipulate the exit cap rate, and it's more subjective. Um, the cash on cash to me is the most important metric, and then obviously you know equity multiple. But again, that's still tied you know the exit. Um, the other thing I like to look at as an investor, as an LP or in a GP, is to look at and see how much of the overall return is weighted towards the exit, right? So versus versus cash flow, right? So if like 80% of the return is kind of bundled in with that exit, to me, that's a riskier deal than maybe 60% of the return is exit and 40% is cash flow because then you're not tied to that, you know, that big bump in the, on that exit. So those, so those are some of the things that I, I look for when looking at a deal on the LP or GP side. Got it. So would you share any challenging experience as a G, uh, LP? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, it's just as an, as an LP and as a GP, just launching the business through, through COVID, you know, I launched multifamily business like right when COVID hit and um, it took a while to get our first deal. It wasn't until 2021 to get our first deal, but I invested passively in deals through 2020. So, you know, the challenging thing was launching, launching the business, um, and my wife was really good and pivotal in getting me to pivot because I was, you know, a little bit stubborn, you know, I'm, I'm very gritty and I, I kind of like to follow things through and, and finish projects. And we're focused on the DFW market and getting deals done in DFW, super, super competitive. And my wife was good to kind of push me into say, Hey, look, we're not getting deals done right now. We're kind of halfway through the year. Let's maybe look at other markets so that's when we started looking in El Paso, started looking in Waco, and then we got our, you know, our, our first big deal done in Waco, Texas. So that was kind of, that was a struggle because at the time my wife's like, look, you don't have the W-2 job. You're launching the business. We're putting like all our eggs into this business. Um, you might have to go back and get a W-2 if we don't start getting deals here. So that was a good way for her to light a fire under, under me and, and kind of push me. Um, but starting your own business is, is very challenging and it doesn't feel like it's ever going to happen. But I know Michael Blank talks about law of the first deal. And it's true. Like once we get our, got our first deal done, we got you know five other deals done that same year. You get a track record for executing, you know, closing deals. Brokers understand that and um, it just builds upon itself. So I would just say, you know, take little small efforts every single day towards your goals and eventually you will meet those goals. But you have to be persistent and, and stick to it because it's it's not easy. Got it. Anything you learn from LP side, are you investing, uh, are you implementing into GP side? Yeah, I would say 
on the GP side, and not every market is like this, uh, but you know, coming from the institutional world, everyone thinks like an investor. They have an you know institutional investor background, so everyone's pushing rents. Let's say at the multifamily property. What I've learned is not every you know syndicator or smaller mom and pop that you're competing with in a market is necessarily have that same mindset. So, like we found in our Wago property. Our property manager is super aggressive. She's very gritty. Lindsay Haynes from, from Metric, just want to give her a shout out. She was constantly pushing us to push the rents. We pushed rent. We closed the property in September of last year. We pushed rent four times. So I kind of learned from that. There was one other property in the market that was, was owned by a private equity company that had large holdings across the, the country. So they thought like an investor. They were always top of market. So we kind of peg our rents to them. Um, and what I found was, if the market will bear like a good market like Waco, if you're aggressive in pushing, you can be top of market if you provide a good value proposition to your investors, right? You're not just a slumlord buying the property, not investing in the property. You want to improve the property. You know, so we redid, redid the parking lot at our Waco property, um, upgraded units, upgraded the pool, made it a better place to live and, and made it more uh, enticing for, for people wanting to pay and stay and pay those higher rents. Um, but that's what I really learned is just if you're aggressive in pushing, a lot of your competition isn't as aggressive. They're not doing like a market study. So that's more of like a class A sort of concept that I, I pulled from, you know, my, my experience at Naveen. So that that's a thing. Got it. Yeah. And also you're participating, you know, all aspects of in multifamily, like capital raising, investor relations, all this stuff. So would you share uh, your, your process of raising capital? So what are the best practices you're implementing? Yeah, so we talked about it before before we went live here, Rama, but I run a, um, a, a meetup, Dallas Multifamily More. You know, it's a national brand with you know, various chapters across the country. So it's a virtual meetup and in-person meetup. Um, and we did a lot of virtual meetings through, through COVID, right? But I would say, you know, the, the goal of that is to educate people about multifamily. So we have some of these things recorded, some of these virtual meetings recorded on our website you can go to. But one of the ones was how to underwrite expenses. So it showed people if they want to be an investor, a syndicator, or they want to be an LP, they can go to our website and look at that, you know, that particular um, virtual meetup and kind of understand how that works. Um, and all through really big name you know, syndicators. David Topin did, um, you know, the revenue piece. Um, James Kandaswamy looked at uh, the IRR kind of overall posted on our website. So, so the kind of getting back to capital raising, the thought is like, look, you're going to help these people out. And, you know, in return, they might invest in your deal. They might not invest in your deal. They might be a potential partner in a deal. Um, what, what this whole syndication world has opened me up to coming from the W2 world is a lot of people have the growth mindset. It's not like a fixed pie. So if I help you out, Rama, you might not help me out, but in some other way that that will come back to me or come back to you. You know, I tell my kids all the time, when you give, the universe gives. And when you take, the universe takes. You know, I truly believe that. And, and, and it's been amazing to me and eye-opening to me, the fact that a lot of people in the syndication space are, are about like giving and not expecting anything in return. Um, and the, and the virtual meetup and the education part of this is what we try to give to investors, potential investors, um, just helping people, you know, learn. That's that's kind of what I've learned to, to help with the capital raising. Got it. And what is your current focus, Nick? 
So, so yeah, so we, um, my partner and I, you know, we are a little concerned about the, the markets right now. You know, we had downward GDP growth this past quarter. If we get another quarter, we'll be in recession um, and inflation. So we're, we're pretty much at stagflation at this point. Um, in select markets like a Lynchburg that we feel is pretty untapped by institutions, syndicators, makes sense to buy multifamily. That deal is a 2016 deal, class A with great returns which is very hard to find across the country. But in Texas, where we are smoking hot, I'm in Dallas, smoking hot market up and down the I-35 corridor, we've somewhat paused a little bit. You know, We might buy a multifamily deal where we can assume debt, it's fixed rate. We won't buy anything with floating rate bridge debt. And that's how most of the deals are getting executed at this point. We just don't we think that's too taking up too much risk. Um, so we're doing that, but we also are starting to pivot and look at RV park investments. And I know you recently had someone on your podcast talking about that. So we're starting to investigate that in Texas. Um, there's a there's a, a partner, I invested passively in an RV park deal um, at the end of last year. The returns much better than multifamily. Um, the cost segregation is over 100% of your investment, right? The depreciation, which is great for investors. Um, and there's just a lot more mom and pop deals. The, the mom and pop deals are few and far between now in multifamily. They just seem very picked over, especially in the big markets. Where in RV parks, there seems a, there's a potential a lot of value add deals out there. So we're pretty excited about learning more about RV parks and potentially pivoting to that space. Got it. Yeah. And uh, would you share any of your best uh, multifamily investing experience so far? Yeah, I would say so. The the best deal that we've done is this this Waco deal. You know, it's a 120 unit deal, 1972 uh, Class C. Um, it was flat roofs, which a lot of people are scared of. Um, because, you know, it takes a little bit more maintenance, but I came from the industrial world, you know, industrial real estate world. It's all flat roofs. I went up there, TPO, roofs were, were good. Um, I knew one syndicator that looked at the deal and, and looked over the deal and basically said, oh, there's too many units that have been renovated. There's not enough value add. But when we dug into the deal more, we realized that the value add was like actually a layup. It was, it was reduced expenses and increased rents. I went toward the property. The property manager basically told me she hasn't really increased rents in about a year because of COVID. And in Texas, you always protest taxes. They didn't protest taxes for two years. Uh, we were able to reduce the insurance. So to me, that's like a lower risk deal. The LTV was about 70% versus 80 um, and, you know, kind of through my experience at Berkeley Partners and, you know, and going through the retrade process when you're selling properties, because I sold so many properties for them, um, we were able to get a 300000 almost a $300,000 retrade on that deal, which got us to a point where we ended up buying the property for almost what the previous owner bought it for. Um, so that just juiced up returns like crazy. Um, so that return, that, that deal is just a great deal because it's, we're only spending like 300,000 in CapEx on the property because a lot of it was improved already just kind of nibbling around the edges of the CapEx. So that that particular deal, some of the best returns I've seen on any sort of deal. And um, I think in the end, we'll probably, you know, smash our, our returns because the, the growth in, in Waco has just been tremendous over the nine, past nine months. Awesome. So would you also share any challenging experience in multifamily space? Yeah. So I would say, um, I mean, I would definitely go back to the, you know, the fact starting up, starting up the business is, is not easy. And um, there were a lot of limiting beliefs I had because I came from the institutional real estate space. Like I can do this myself. I don't need a team. 
Um, and you know, one of the things I did is I joined a mastermind, real estate mastermind with, with other people and, you know, realized that, you know, you do need a team. If you want to grow, you do need a team. Um, almost all my partners in my deals were through that mastermind. Um, so that was, that was like a challenge just to get through the limiting beliefs because like, you know, I was a little arrogant thinking that I came from the institutional world. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need the partners and that mindset shift through like not getting any deals through 2020 and having my wife kind of helping me pivot a little bit and not being so stubborn was, was not easy. It was, it was difficult. Um, but like I said, you know, nibble away every single day, your goals and you eventually will, you will reach them. And sometimes it takes six months nine months, two years, but eventually if you keep at it, you will get to reach your goals. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, any books that impacted your life and what way? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of syndicators talk about the the book, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg, which is a great book. I fully, you know, support what's in the book. Like I said before, when the universe, when you, when you give, the universe gives, when you take, the universe takes, you know, karma is definitely a thing. The book that I read before I even read about the go-giver is this book called Give and Take, A Revolutionary Approach to Success. So it's by a PhD, Adam Grant, and he kind of proves out this go-giver mindset, you know, and basically did a lot of research and showed that, you know, people that are really successful, like super successful, are givers. Um, And the people that don't do well at all are also givers. And there's two different types of givers. The givers that protect themselves a little bit, um, don't give too much of themselves, um, call them spot takers, right? Um, Sorry. Uh, So you just, they need to spot takers. There's people, there's, there's givers, there's takers, and there's matchers. Right. So you just as a giver, you need to be able to spot the takers. Takers are people are just kind of just taking for themselves. Matching are people that are will match, you know, your goodness for their goodness kind of back and forth. So it's an interesting read because it it kind of like scientifically proves out a little bit that if you are a giver, you will be like extremely successful. Um, But you just have to be on your guard. You can't just give give to anybody. Awesome. Awesome. And how are you giving back to community? So I would say I just got back from a really nice vacation, very, very meditative, um, try to meditate every day um, and just realize that, you know, you know, we, we participate in our at our church. We go to my wife's Korean, we go to a Korean church every Sunday, but just need to be more, uh, to, you know, participate more and give more time back. So our kids go to, you know, Koreans, Korean Catholic school. So just, you know, participating in that class. It's hard for me to participate in that particular class because it's in Korean, which is to, you know, we obviously make donations to the church, but it's it's more more meaningful if you spend time, you know, donating your time. So that's part of my, uh, you know, goals going forward after this vacation we just got back from a few days ago is, uh, you know, getting the whole family involved, you know, the kids, my wife, grandma, et cetera. Yeah. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you, Nick? So they can um, email me at uh, nick at leonrepartners.com. That's L-E-O-N-E-R-E partners.com. And you can, or you can go to my website, kind of see, you know, see what we're about. Um, We also have the Facebook group. It's Dallas Multifamily and More. You know, if you friend me on Facebook, um, you know, I can let you into that particular group. We have in-person meetups in Frisco, Texas once a month, periodically have uh, virtual meetups. Um, yeah. And if, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. 
love talking to people about real estate and, and helping you out if you have any questions. Cool. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Nick. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Rama, for having me. You uh, have a great weekend. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, vishakapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Thank you.